morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, and hello. It's uh, probably been my time. It's now August 1st. Jeremy, you're coming very close up on it right now. You're still yeah. in July. Yeah, we got about another hour of July left, so that's all good. Uh, I'll, I'll bask in your glory of it until uh, until that hour is up. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John. I'm Jeremy. Welcome, welcome, folks, and welcome to our 60th episode. Jeremy, did you ever think we'd get this far? There are times yes, and there are times no. So. <laughs> <laughs> because we kind of passed the 50th, kind of that kind of came and went, yeah. and just out of it, and kind of incidentally, that we just kind of moved on. We we're like, Cobra Kai! So, uh, <laughs> just kind of went over our heads a little. Which season four is coming out here real soon. So. Just let it go. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would be up for like more inter- martial arts entertainment content, but less like I would love to see some form of like a karate movie or like a TV show, but more in like the Hong Kong movie style. Mm. Kind of like in the like those like later 70s types, not in the 80s ones, like the later 70s ones where like there's comedy, there is action, there is drama, you know, it just kind of had everything. But and like and clearly that's a very specific part of that like of Hong Kong movie culture. I would just love to see that like happen in Okinawa. Like I think that would I think that would fit in a very unique way. That I think Hong Kong's you know, they've got similar they're a bit analogous. Anyway, I'm going on. Jeremy, how the hell are you doing? Oh man, I'll tell you what, it's been it's been crazy lately, but that's all right. It's all good. So How's been training been going? I know you, you were like legs, feet, arms, head, knees, and toes. Something, yeah. something like that for a bit. Um, yeah, I've had, I've had a handful small health things going on. I've had, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody's dealt with kidney stones before, but yeah, that's uh, I've been dealing with that for about the last three or four weeks. So that's been that's been fun. Never. I had a family member who was dealt with that. Literally got a hospital shut down because of it. True story. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's fun. So so yeah, it's um just you know, one day at a time really. So it's like just work a little bit and then it starts hurting. Leave it alone. So we we gotta do injury cast at some point. Not today, but some point we gotta go. We got a new injury cast. Well, I'll have to record all those. So it's kind of anyway. Just go back and dire just yeah. to injuries. Yeah, the um the last couple of weeks since we've been out, since the last time we had something out was mid June. Just a lot of just it, for my personal life, a lot of shit's just happened. I don't want to get on the podcast, but it's affected a lot of our ability to just record and, and then get stuff done. But hopefully, as going forward through the rest of the year, we can kind of do more stuff. It's kind of synonymous with what we were putting out in the summers anyway. So I like to feel we're not really missing too much of a beat. From a training perspective, I've been fairly consistent. There's one, one thing I want to do, because I'm going to be taken off real soon, is try to... I want to try to do today onward until the time I've got to get on a pl- 
plane or a boat or a train and go to my next location is to just kind of have a similar set every day. I was like, there's like one routine I'm going to have and develop that one routine. I guess we can say we're we're recording this at the height of the Olympics. Yeah. The long-awaited 2020 belated into 2021 because we don't want to change all the stuff we printed for last year. Hey, it costs money. I get it. So hey, what it is. So. Yeah, and I think I just just cross it out and put a one there. You know, it's all good. Well, you you know, in Japan, when you ever make a mistake, you have to do a, especially on any official document, you got. Put two lines through whatever you make a mistake. Put your stamp, your physical red stamp on top of it, and then put the correction on top. Yeah. So it was a great meme that I saw when they announced it was going to be pushed to the next year. Meme worthy or not, it's a happening, and it will be over, and that'll be that. So mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, great organizations and things we've seen come to pass, Jeremy, what's going to be our are the meat on the bone of today's podcast. Best way to kind of put it. <laughs> I don't know if I should put it the best way, but anyway. Um, I, I think the Olympics is almost a, a decent analogy to, to or parallel to, to kind of what we're talking about because of all the, the of all the things that have recently come out with like Simone Biles and, and, and Naomi Osaka and kind of the, the goods and the bads of having something like the IOC. Yeah. Where he's what what is what is the meat on the bone today as we were? I would say the meat on meat of the bone is gonna be uh, basically whenever you're training, how does it tip over from seriously training into more of a political stance? It goes from training to more I don't know, mental and political and all that kind of happy stuff. We've talked about organizations before as goods and bad, and ends and opposites. Yeah. But I think the arc we want to take today is how does any organization go from being, you, you and I think everyone's experienced this. You go, you go to a dojo, start training, head teacher there, head head teacher is a part of something bigger. You kind of hear about it, but you don't really experience much of it. Then you actually go to some event where there's you know more of people, what you do. I think. Back in the day, that was a lot more important, but not more important, but more kind of eye-opening than it is today because the internet and all that. And then you kind of realize, oh, there's this greater group of people, more experienced and possibly senior from the person you're actually directly learning from. And that, you know, this has a lar- lar- larger history and it's bigger than what you see. And I think our also our perspective on who's leading that and how that goes from being a wrangle guy or a kai an organization to a fragment and i definitely have some thoughts about it and i mean i'm sure we're going to get into it and stuff i I think a lot of it gets to just from my past experiences you'll get into an arena where it's like you know you're just training it doesn't (laughs) matter the the surroundings the surroundings don't don't have to be nice it's just like it just has to be adequate 
can it hold the number of people? Can you actually train? Like one of the places I remember training at was, um, man, it's been over 30 years ago now. Um, used to hold a seminar in this um, gym that was in in a not very good area of Kansas City. And, I mean, there'd be gang graffiti. There'd be all sorts of stuff all over it. But... Sharks and jets. Whatever. I, I, I don't know. Don't care. I mean, I, I really don't. It's like, you know, I mean, the first time you pull up the building, you're like, what the heck did I get into? But it was adequate. It was so, I, I learned some of the best lessons that probably drove drove me to continue to train for 30 years from some of those lessons from that place to where it's like, well, let's get a place that's a little nicer and maybe more people will come or the, you know, that's kind of, I think that's kind of the attitude. And then, you know, if you have it at a hotel ballroom or something like that, well, okay, well, you know, I've, I've trained an hour, you know, I'm going to take a nap. I'm gonna go do the buffet. You know, I mean those those resources were there on site where you really couldn't you couldn't escape it and just train. Where as opposed to the previous places, like this, is just place to train. Right. We're, we're not talking specifically a day to day type of deal. We're talking about events or something that an right. organization will put together. But, but I mean. I, I I think that kind of explains kind of what we're actually talking about. And I think eventually the organizations get from what do you need to what do you want? Hmm. That's a very interesting path to take. Because that's, that is, and I feel that that's kind of the cycle of any organization to a degree. Right. Because. But, but then to, to add on top of it, Okay, what do you want? But how do you manage what you want, and what what do you do when you get it? Right, and and then like I guess we can maybe back up to you know you're the guy on the dojo floor going to the Monday Wednesday class or whatever, right? Yeah. You're training every other day or whatnot, and then you're joining your your fellows, your people who are you're training with to go meet more people, mm-hmm. and kind of the excitement of that the the the, the thing because for me i was always like the the kind of the greatest thing to just get together with a bunch of people mm-hmm. and train from like all over that stuff's awesome that's great oh. and i think yeah you know, it sucks what's happening now um but i mean eventually it'll something <laughs> something will get better in some way and that'll be able to happen again but you know the fact that you can get a bunch of people in the same room from a bunch of different places and just get on the floor you know you don't need something big and fancy no Mm-mm. no you don't you just need adequate space and move forward you know well safety is important well yeah i mean true but i mean i mean that i i, I think that's kind of where we're going with it i mean yeah, and because and I think literally, if we're talking about the the uh, decrepit building and moving out of a decrepit building into you know a nicer building, and then eventually into you know a hotel suite, 
Well, I mean, that's just kind of the metaphor, but I mean, think about how the transition of an organization starts. You know, I mean, it may start on your kitchen table or on a card table, you know, on a napkin, you're drawing stuff out. And then eventually now you've got, you know, an office complex. I mean, just, just, just from, you know, the progression of, of companies. Now, how does that play out in martial arts or you know, in the karate world, you know? And it's interesting because karate is always, because unlike other martial arts that tend to have, you know, the one or two organ, big organizations and people kind of branch out from them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially like talking about like Nihon Budo and stuff like that. Um, karate has always had this question mark on it whether or not is this the correct karate is that the right karate like is it just a dojo versus dojo thing is it you know is it all linked back to okinawa you know i i feel especially in the international community outside of okinawa there that that question mark continues to raise itself rather than like judo or aikido uh, which tends to be very solidified and what their organizations are i think this is also in, in a lot of ways a very late 20th century issue to a degree yeah because yeah the amount of people who are entering it yeah i mean I, I, just, to, just to set a kind of a context for right. for, for the conversation I, I i'd say you know probably i'd say even the 60s and you know i'll i'll, I'll bring i'll bring up um, you know I, I i thought this guy was a you know, very good technician. I think he was very knowledgeable. Was uh, Ed Parker? Because Ed Parker, if, now I I could be wrong, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, you know it may have come from somewhere else, but I know he used to do the huge international karate seminar and tournament out like in California back in the 60s. Yeah, along with what was kind of that, ex- I don't want to say explosion, but that popularization yeah. of what we know today, what it's changed, grown, and evolved into what, what how martial arts organizations, especially in the States and I think to a degree Europe, have uh, become uh, it, 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 and I, th- I think when he did that, I, I think it was a great, I think it was a great idea. Don't get me wrong. And I think there, there's probably some really great things that came out of it. I mean, I know, I know Bruce Lee attended that some, if I'm not mistaken. He was a part of that. Yeah. But I think that was also an attempt to assume, not to assume, but break open traditional barriers. Correct. So, so more people could get involved. Right. But also to a degree marketing. So, right. But I mean, I I think that's where it really kind of started, in which it took a great idea where you had a lot of people from a lot of different perspectives coming together to kind of share information, things like that. And I think that's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. But I think is- I I think people took that to the next step. In which, okay, well, we have our seminars, we have this, we have that. And, but now, well, in order to keep our people, now we're going to 
when we're going to develop an organization of hierarchical structure to where people can stay in the organization and not look elsewhere. Right. And this is this was in place in other places long before. I think I think what what had happened in that regard was a regression to a degree because you have Ed Parker, you have Bruce Lee, you have the explosion of popularity of martial arts in the 60s in the States kind of and kind of reverberates worldwide yeah. to a degree. I mean, and then it really blew up in the 70s and 80s and, you know, yeah. and beyond. So. Yeah, Gorbachev knocked down this wall, give us judo. So. <laughs> I guess that's what we look at. But. Look at, look, look at where that attitude's gotten us today. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know, and, and I don't mean it in a, I mean, yeah, you do have to, I do think is, as you have senior members, you do want that knowledge still in-house somehow, and and it's a way to, you know, keep keep your knowledge base intact. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and I think this is, this is what's part and parcel, part and parcel of this, because you have, you want to have, let's say you've got, 10 people who have been training for X number of years, and you've got one or two, a couple other people who are a little older or senior where they're teachers, right? Mm-hmm. You want to, you, and, but not everybody knows everything, but everybody knows, but all together, you've got a lot there. Yeah. So to a degree, you've created this council of elders. Right. And then all of those guys, and I think this is much, much more the case in the 80s. Where it be, where it became, especially with folks we worked with, where it be, where it kind of ramped up that franchiseification, as it were. Mm, I I I don't I don't disagree that it probably did start in the 80s. It really started really going that direction, but I I would say it really took off in the 90s. Yeah, well, I mean, incubated and then kind of exploded. right. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have Tiger Shulman's on TV yet, but I mean, yeah. You're not that far away from it. Right. Uh, what I think where the issue becomes then is that you have you have the, the two issues of, A, at what point does it become too large to manage? And then B, at what point does that circle of people who've been around for a while become a frat boy club? Well, in, in the add on to that piece, when it becomes a frat boy club, is it is the necessary training actually taking place? Right. The road from dollar to dollar to belt or dollar to rank is a uh, you know a handshake away. Yeah. As a poorly put it analogy, but, but the, well, I mean, I mean, depending upon how how big the envelope is and how big the check is, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and the, and and yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's funny. What was the time? And I, I never thought we'd use this on here, but I was watching a, a movie, Back to School, not too long ago, with Rodney Dangerfield. Ah, uh, yes. Me too, actually. <laughs> and and he and the and the dean was like, "You you really don't understand the amounts that were involved." <laughs> it, in all fairness, it was a really big check. <laughs> it's like, how, how much of that has actually creeped into the martial arts? 
How much has that creeped into to people having enough rank and to where they've paid for their oh I won't share code. They paid for their ignorance. This has been going, I mean, that's goes back to Musashi. It goes back further than but you know, in the more of the modern context, do you have the one camp where no one cares about them? Right. Where you get people in a backyard training or whatnot. Then on the other hand, you've got the people who run the commercial stuff and who's able to go to the commercial stuff, what the people who could pay for it, right? So, which kind of sounds like a movie we've talked way too much about. The thing that's at issue there then is the people who are demanding the checks now, where did they start out? Because like, because we go back to this like new, this thing that they create that, Ed Parker created or this thing that started happening where more and more people came together. And I I really want to do a little more research into kind of as a different project to be like, was there a kind of summer of love version of for martial arts Ugh. around that time? What was it? <laughs> kind of, yeah, because if you think about it, was there a time where everyone was like, yeah, you know, don't worry, where barriers start breaking break down. And then you can really see people's abilities or their ignorance. And I think you're right in that around that time that was happening, but it was also apparently a lot of apocryphal like tournaments of just people beat the crap out of each other. Oh yeah. And but then what comes out of that, right? Because we're talking like 60s, 70s, right? Yeah. Flash forward 15 years later, people, the same people are not teaching that way for their quitting or they're I would say it I would say it stopped I would say it started slowing down that way in the 90s and okay. then it and then it took a whole new realm with the whole ultimate fighting championship stuff yeah because that stuff has to go somewhere right like it's not it's not just gonna People are not just going to give up on it. Right. Uh, but it's kind of funny to see people like Chuck Norris who like try to be like try to integrate the Gracie stuff into like mainline Ed Parker type de- type deal Kempo. Yeah. Just being this waffly thing. Ed Parker was. It's not to convince the Ed Parker cast, but I mean he was just kind of <laughs> kind of like what we're doing now, just. A bunch of like dudes and geese on a TV screen talking about techniques, like it's the prototype is almost a prototype of it. Well, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it, when they were training, I mean, it was definitely a pretty, I mean, pretty thorough, pretty, pretty decent system, to be perfectly honest. But he also saw ways of marketing it. Right. He right? was there was there is that aspect that i think is where because there's a demand to put to take all this time and effort you put into something and um you know get your money you know i I, you know i think that gets back to one of our previous podcasts accomplishment versus achievement where you know you get people to well look ah 
I mean, I've got like the, you know, 20 Don or whatever the heck the new thing is or whatever. But yet they go by a checklist and therefore they can't, they learn the bare minimum to get where they're at, but they didn't actually try to apply and make it a maximum. And it's not to say that, you know, when they were going through this checklist, they were not putting a maximum effort on those things, but they weren't looking at it from an entire view. I I think that's one of the things that I, I, I would say I've been, I guess I've been very blessed in being able to not really giving a crap what damn belt I am. I really don't. I don't. I, I want to know. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's the engineering, the physics, and all the math that that's it, you know, that, you know, I studied in college. I did this. I did all that kind of stuff. But it's like I'm always looking at why, why. Why you know I'm always okay. Why does this work? I, okay, I I accept your response, but let's dig a little deeper. Let's dig a little deeper. And I don't think I don't think stuff today or in your so-called frat clubs are digging in that much. I agree with that because they because it's easier to not do that. It's easier to not lead people down that path. I don't think it's this cabal of like. Of guys who got together and be like, we're going to make lots of money and not teach anybody martial arts. <laughs> well, I, actually, I, I think eventually it gets to that point. There are some people who are like that, yeah. yeah. Um, not no friends of ours, but yeah. I think it also comes from people who genuinely learned a lot from their experience, but have no idea how to give that experience to other people. So they don't know how to work them through or, or give them even a similar experience or an experience that's worth given outcome they understand. Because they might not have understood why they're at their point. They're just good at that that thing. And so they're at this they're at that position of skill, but they're not at a they shouldn't be at any way to make decisions for others. Well, now you, now you bring in a whole another thing that I'm picking up on, and that is how do you teach it? And I, th- I think that's one of the things to where it's like, th- this is kind of where I'll, I'll probably catch, I'll probably catch actually hate mail going through you, but this is where I disagree on, on standardized testing. I understand the standardized testing piece of it. I get it. But if you're truly learning stuff like this, there's not really a standard to go by. And in order to have a teacher, it's much easier to teach using a standard checklist. This, 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 this you know, go down the list. Did we do it? Okay, we, we did this kind of four times. We did this kind of three times. Okay, yay, whatever. We get a belt. Woohoo. No. I mean, why are you doing this? What is the application of this? What can you make from this? And I where, think can that's you, where can you see this come out at? And that's where the flaw of the organization is, right? What, you only get like so much time with so many people at a certain location. And if you're trying to centralize the 
for how like what we went through was centralizing ranking where the ranking can only be done once or twice a year in front of one or two people right you have to pay x amount of money and then you know no one's attention's anywhere because everyone's attention's everywhere i thought that was in a way not a bad thing in order to to control to control it in the basic set to set a baseline on what you're doing but but when that baseline becomes one two three four as opposed to what knowledge does this person really possess i think that's that becomes the problem and i think that goes into the attitude because a long time ago an instructor instructor asked me a long time ago and they were like so do you want to learn japanese style or asian style or do you want to learn dumb american style and not not to be insulting to to americans but it was like and it you know whenever the first time i was asked that i was i was you know kind of ticked off red americans like damn it you get crap off but then i understood kind of what i mean after i got over my little you know upset i stepped back and looked at it, i was like what in the hell is he really asking and when i really looked at what he was really asking is a lot of times americans want nice neat package deal as opposed to how do you put it all together what you see i would i a a you're saying we're going to get hate mail for your 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 dunk on standardized testing but when you just say that i'm just like what do you mean we're not going to get any mail for that um, I, no no but b i i i what's the complete the story what was the follow-up because I'm interested to, like, I remember maybe a little, you talking to me a little bit about this. What was the follow-up there? The follow-up was... What was your answer? I guess, what was it, What was the I, way you approached it? I mean, my answer was, no, I want to learn, you know, Japanese, Asian, Asian style. But, I mean, basically it was like, okay, I, I say if, I mean, I understood enough Whereas, like, if I said, no, I want to learn American style, I wasn't going to get taught squat. I understood that right there. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I understood if I said this, I was going to at least get down the path where I wanted, even though I didn't know what that path was. I, 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 I at least knew that. I, I, may, I may have been stupid as all get out whenever I was training with this person, but... I at least knew that much. There was the choices were, were presented to you in that way. But I think in a lot of ways, for as problematic as that statement is, as problematic. <laughs> hey, hey, prob- that, hey that, that was that was in the 90s. Let me, let me tell you. That was before all the goofy stuff that's gone on since then. So it's like, all right. So. But the 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 way that's presented is that i do not feel if you have because that's one teacher talking to one student who is one-on-one and you had that experience right if you're talking about a larger group 
And if you're talking about like the frat boy society, they're just going to make you get up there and do whatever they want you to do. And then they're not going to really worry. They're going to, you know, if you if someone's got skin in the game, somebody or somebody knows somebody who has a handoff or a pass off, right? You well, wouldn't I, even I, get that I, question. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this. I, I see where you're going with it. Yeah. But but this is kind of where I'm seeing it as. is like that kind of teaching leads into this way or that way. I mean, you ha- you basically have your fork in the road. Right. And basically, I, I think how it's been shown is like American-style teaching is – very segmented, very this. It's very point of fact. Here, this. Boom, 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 boom. You're not really showing how to connect how all this works. If that, if, and I think that leads down the road to a more frat boy kind of club. I would say that maybe that's true. I don't know. You see, this is why I say. But, it's problematic but, when it's put that way because I mean I work and I've worked but, in Asian schools before and I've seen the the fragmentedness. Right, but I mean, it, I mean, I mean, the example I'm show I'm talking about is one on one. Right. But still, whenever you're teaching a group, you can fragment that. This how I'm going to teach, or this how I'm going to teach. And and, and that, that's kind of where I'm kind of getting. Yeah. And, and like how that's articulated is pretty much up to whatever you're doing, right? Because I mean, you can articulate the other way, the kind of more open way, as a frag, as like part one, part two, part three, right? As opposed it, to having just a checklist of saying, do this got to do that got to do this got to do that got to, <clears throat> and that just being like, yeah, it's very straightforward, but yeah. it doesn't, you're not learning anything outside of just like what the form of it is. Yeah, and. I mean, I I get the standardization whenever you're starting to deal with rank, because if you don't somewhat standardize on, and and I kind of saw this a long time ago, if you don't standardize on that rank, you know, hey, this is your checklist on what you need to, what you need to learn, and da 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 da. If you don't do that. And then you get little Johnny's parents or little Susie's parents all mad. They learned all this stuff. They did it in front of you, but they're not getting promoted. What's the problem? You know, it, it's like, I, I, I see that point. I see to that point, if you're building an organization and you're dealing with rank, yes. But if you're teaching for knowledge, and the sad thing is most people don't want to learn for knowledge, they want to learn for accomplishment. Right. So, I mean, kind of bring it back. Sorry. So got, no, 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 you're right. You're 100% right because this is where the issue becomes where you get the frat boy syndrome that because to why are they the frat boys? They're yeah. just frat, but why are they the boys club? Because these are the guys who have all the knowledge. These are the guys who've been around for a while. These are, these were since his first students. These were X, Y, and Z, right? Of course, we need to do everything they say, good, bad, or ugly, because you know that those are the people we're going to get all the goods from, right? Right. 
Um, not just because supposedly it's not about rank, it's about the knowledge. Um, but in order, I mean, supposedly to obtain the rank, you need the knowledge, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of, kind of. Have the knowledge of knowing how to create the right bombs. I mean, that and write out a really big check. There you go. I mean, sometimes, and I'm not taking away from people. I'm, I'm not taking away from people's accomplishment, but every single person that's listening to this podcast knows somebody that got ranked that didn't, that absolutely did not deserve it. Period. Well, and, and this and, is and because and they wrote out a check. I guarantee. I I guarantee it. If and this you is where time at all. So sorry, it right. irritates me a little bit, but that's beside the point. Well, because and because of that, you get honest guys. And this is how I felt when I first got a black belt that I didn't deserve it, and that I felt like I needed to work a lot harder to earn something. Some like and, and the, the the you know the Game of Thrones things, where it's like power is the shadow, and you know it's what people believe it to be rather than being what it actually is, mm-hmm. right? So this quote-unquote council of elders at, at or the you know the uh kyoshi kai or the, the the you know whatever whatever oh it has everything and you need to do everything for them well at the same time you're not you're either getting what you want but as opposed to what you need yeah. without getting without you know seeing a real reward for it or seeing seeing anything really for it so let's use an example of you wanted to learn these five kata or the secret kata or this kata they don't teach anybody else but the fifth on. Um, and you finally get it. And then, okay, you learned, you went through this 150 steps to learn this form. You know, <laughs> what, what good is it if you don't understand it? Right. And then, so these guys are constantly put something out in front of you or, or, or kind of smoke in the mirrors more just to just to grip something from you but i feel there's probably an attachment to the authenticity there that's yeah. still there for most people working for them yeah as misguided as it could be yeah so sorry i'm laughing because i just kind of remember one of the first lessons i kind of taught you right and it was we were at a seminar and and you're talking about, yeah, I learned this kind of this kind of this kind. I'm like, well, great, what do you want? A cookie? How the hell do you use the damn thing? You know, it's like Ugh. and and I, I think that's probably I think that what I think that was kind of a slap across the face to wake you up, like, oh wait a minute. What what is the goodness of this? Yeah. And I, I think sometimes people need that. But then, like, how do we create the do you want a cookie organization? Because you're always going to have some people are going to group together, right? Right. Humans are a social animal. We've realized this now more than ever after a year of having everyone like locked indoors, right? right? Um, Either that or people go feral. How do we create something? Because you eventually have to be a part of something. You, you, you can be a part of something with two people. You can be a part of something with five people. Be a right. part of something with 50 people. Yeah. You know, what's the way I, of getting, maintaining that authenticity, that hunger for knowledge, that hunger to be good I, I, without I think it's, sacrificing integrity for the boys club? Or do we always have to grease bombs? Well, I, I, 
I think it gets down to the principles of the organization. Because I think once once it's compromised, it'll always be compromised. So there's no way of, of restoring it or, or purging, no. purging, purging, purging no, the bad to, elements while keeping the good. Not not to that level, no. I mean, it's 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 pretty. I mean. <laughs> Even if you try, you, you've got people that know what, what has happened. Therefore, at that point, you've lost respect, you've lost integrity, you've lost honor in some way, shape, or form. Now, is it something that's like a one-time deal? Maybe. You know, maybe you learn from it. It's like, no, we'll never have it again. But that still damages that record. And, and I think everybody comes up across it. I think everybody does. Yeah. Um, and and I and I think probably a lot of places, you know, sometimes the wrong decisions made. But what do you learn from that mistake? You know, I mean, you know, to, to err is one. Th- I mean, there's always going to be errors in judgment. There always are. But do you continue to do it over and over and over again, or do you, hey, this wasn't right. Mm-mm. This thing happening again, you know. Wow. So, so I, I, th- I, I think that's where things have got to. I think that's where you get back to, to your principles and stuff. So, can it be large, or can or can it only be a small scale? Because from because I, I think to kind of be more actionable in terms of all this, I think you have to throw away the franchisization. I do not. I do not, I think at best, at best, you can be friends with someone. You can go and learn from somebody, right? Mm -hmm. But this idea of building a franchise, I use franchise in the the form of like, we have dojos in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, all of the the farm belt, right? I I get that. And internationally, like, I, 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 I feel that the day of that, Though people are trying to really hold on to it, um, is I think I think seriously I think it can be done, but what are those core principles that you believe in that you're going to transfer over to other people? And without that, it will not work. If it does transfer over, then it would, and I. I, I see that as the biggest problem. I and I, and that's where I would say, that's where I, w- I would diverge and say it needs to always come from an and that's where it's like you're gonna I'm never gonna become the size of something like I don't know Shogun Kai or whatever. It always has to come from an house because how do you know the person, right? Like how do you know the people? Like can you accept the fact? that you're essentially giving somebody license to use whatever you're doing, assuming what you're doing is worthwhile, right? Yeah. And then how do you know they're maintaining it with the integrity that you want? Like, to a degree, you need to let that go. Because if we look back at the boys club, <coughs> how much do they care about that integrity? How much right. do they care well, about that right. knowledge and the pursuit of that? Right. Kind of raised people up to understand that and you've seen them on the dojo floor every day it's much different 
then guy from somewhere else been training somewhere else meet him once or twice yeah he, he writes you um writes you a check and you let him wear some patches yeah it, it, it gets down to trust and, and you know and, and you mentioned it i mean there is you know there is definitely that you know training of training of information to you know for them to better themselves and don't get me wrong i mean I, I learned that lesson early on as an instructor i had a guy who who um you know i i thought i trusted him and then all of a sudden he was taking stuff that i was showing him and then he was going out to bars picking up chicks and using it for for uh you know little bar tricks to to do stuff yeah, when I caught wind of that, I mean, I corrected it right quick, fast, and in a hurry. And but you see, you have the ability—you have the ability because of locality and stuff like that—to kind of control that. Right. Now imagine that on, like, you know, well, a, a inter, quote unquote international basis. Well, I mean, even now, even even a national level. I mean, something that's too far that you can go visit every single week or whatever. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think you've got to build up to that. You definitely have to build up. I mean, it can't, you can't just come overnight. And, you know, so, sometimes things grow faster than what you're ready for. But I think if you've got these core principles in, you know, in line, lock, stop, and barrel, I, I, I do think you can scale it. But it becomes a big trust issue. And you need to have solid people who are... And this is going into the organization. You need solid people who you can trust, like who you can trust to impart stuff. Who will like not create a cult. Who right. will not will not like this is stuff we've talked about before. We're probably even going after like you do not want people to say you know you must trust what he says and all things you know like you're not you're not trying to spread a religion. You're trying to spread martial arts and you're trying to keep knowledge where you need to be realistic about what it is and i think the biggest thing is to keep people who you're training on the ground you know like not not let their head go into the sky right because i think we've seen that where oh, yeah. people made statements about people we know and like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> like what where what yeah exactly exactly Somebody saying uh, somebody was like this ancient descendant of this Chinese martial artist. Like, what? No. Well, okay. He's a, he he's a curator. He's a curator and a, like a goju guy, but he's not a like ancient. No. Yeah, great. Okay. Awesome. You know, thanks. Have a nice day. Bye. You know, I mean, that's kind of how I deal with that. It's just... Well, I'm, uh, I mean, there's ways of also dealing with just making making sure people understand, but you know what what's there and and that's making sure you're who is ever the nucleus of these this stuff is on the ground right right and that their head themselves is not too big and that they have people around them who can say that yeah um what i think is the worst is when you have a bunch of people who are around someone who doesn't listen but consistently stay around someone who doesn't listen 
Mm-hmm. And then they just get frustrated and burnt out and they leave and they're always frustrated and burnt out because this person never listened to me. And, da, da, da. Um, and that's kind of my life story. And I yeah. think. But but on the same token, I mean, with that, with that kind of mentality, they've got to be able to not just want to just contribute, but they also actually need to sometimes just shut up and listen too. so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it goes it goes both ways, and it's the balancing act of it, of having anything like that. Yeah, I think what we've seen a lot of the time, what we've seen a lot of the time, ends up becoming that corruption, that point of corruption, or that point of being able to you know, do something. And I think I'd like to close it out, at least you know, for my end, is just say, you know, the comparison here would be like the IFC, right? Yeah. Um, the IOC is this thing, like the Olympics themselves are, you know, on its own, a great, a huge international event where people from every country come together and, you know, do their, do an event and try to sit and just compare their skills and, and come together in kind of cooperation and peace and, and global unity. Great idea. Yeah what the ioc has become and what it has put pressure on other countries and what it has uh the pressure that's been put on athletes and the lives it's destroyed both yeah. directly and tertiarily is absolutely terrible yeah i feel that's a great point to look at and when we look at martial arts organizations where very much the same things happen and so going forward, and to anybody listening to this, is knowing if you're running something like that, if you're a part of that boys club, it's like, what are you trying to accomplish then? Um, is having this new place really going to be helpful? Is it just for your own self-aggrandizement? And yeah. in my personal opinion, the moment it starts becoming about you, it's not about the art. That's when you, gotta, you just got to let it go. Or you, yeah. you make a change. Yeah, I mean, to to back that up, I mean, one of my other, I wouldn't say, one of my other favorite movies I really like is uh, Miracle, you know, the 1980 Olympic hockey team. We were talking about the Olympics. And there, there's a quote in there where um, I, I, I can sympathize with what was going on there. I, I had a basketball coach that was like that. And, uh, I mean, he's got them going, you know, doing their um, equivalent of suicides, you know, front line, back line, mid line, back line, you know, back, back. I mean, just going, going, going. And he makes a statement, and I think, I think it's a great statement towards this. And he tells the hockey team, it's like, when you put on that jersey, the name on the front means a hell of a lot more than the one on the back. And I think that goes to what we're talking about tenfold it's like the art that you're doing means a hell of a lot more than your name and what notoriety you're trying to get out of it and like that's the thing you're going to get notoriety because of what you do but not but it's not because of you the notoriety is there right right like it's going to be what you contribute in them and and this is the thing we don't have enough of is that if there's go there's not like the idea of teamwork in martial arts, the idea of like 
being on a team, even though I think kind of our, our friends who are more in the sports arena have a little more idea, an idea for. Right. But yeah, I, I, I feel that 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 is somewhere I hope people who are listening to this and karate in general goes towards. And if these organizations, big, big, small, or medium, go towards. And I, I feel there's enough people out there who understand that, but there's also not enough who do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, cool. so Jeremy, what do you got going on this week in terms of training? Uh, basically, right now, just taking care of my health and hopefully pass the rest of my kidney stone. That's it. Main thing, so I know that sounds like huh? Kidney cast, stones cast. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That is something I I live in constant fear of, but uh. Yeah. So, so that's what I got going on. I mean, and you know, training in between there, but hopefully the pain doesn't get too bad again. So. Well, we hope it's expedient. We hope I really do hope it's expedient for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting tired of drinking as much water as I am. Holy cow! So anyway, as as I drink more water. So. There we go. I'm working on just keeping keep it steady on what I'm doing, and then hopefully, you know, what I'm gonna try to make I'm try to make some good out of what's what's happening and. Maybe have some more stuff in line that's maybe more on the interview side. They'll maybe have more access to more people, but we'll see. Still keep, still you know, just keep keep working to build ideas and get more people together, stuff like that. Cool, cool. Well, Jeremy, thank you um, for coming on. Always glad to have you have you on. Um, and yeah. Happy uh, 60th episode, folks. <laughs> Don't forget to keep training. Take care.
can hear that, all right. Seven times without. It's one of the one things I'm looking forward to not, not having to deal with anymore. Sorry. No, don't mean didn't mean to derail your thought because I I agree with that because 